0: With Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. This podcast is sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North Homeschool Academy offers live online classes, self paced classes, a unique special needs program, testing, academic advising, and more. Join our online communities at True North Homeschool Tribe and follow us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. So we are back with BJ Preman, who was here on the podcast a few months ago with her sister. And we are going to be talking to BJ today about creativity. BJ actually leads the online art club that we run at True North Home School Academy, which might seem like a juxtaposition for people to think that we're teaching art online. And maybe we'll have time for you to talk about that, but it's actually been kind of cool, honestly. So we're so glad to have you here, BJ. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. So we're, we're going to talk about creativity today. And one of the things you hear a lot as parents are raising their kids is, I'm not very creative, but I have this super creative kid. So what do I do with them? So we want to talk about that a little bit, but also just how nurturing creativity really helps the person develop well as a well-rounded person and how important creativity is across every subject matter, no matter what your kids are going to do with their lives how developing and nurturing their creativity is so important for them, just as becoming a well-rounded individual. Yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit about just what would you say to those parents that feel like they're either not creative at all or their kids aren't aren't creative at all?
1: <laughs> well, speaking first to the the situation where a parent uh, maybe would not consider themselves artsy or creative, but they have that you know kid that wants. You know, to fill every piece of paper they find with doodles. You know, they have that really creative drive. Uh, is it's okay that that's not a skill set you claim? Ninety percent, ninety percent of raising a creative child is is giving them access to be able to experiment for themselves. Right. And so things like just making sure they're well stocked on whatever art form uh, they're pursuing at the moment. For most kids, that's mainly, you know, drawing supplies, paper, maybe it's paints, and it doesn't have to be super expensive things, uh, but just something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's easier than ever. It's easier than ever in the time of, you know, this technological age we live on, because you can plop your kid down in front of YouTube and say, hey, here's 8,000 videos on how to use watercolor. Go wild.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I guess I hadn't even thought about that, but you could probably find any medium training on YouTube right now, right? You
1: can, and you can find it with a pause button, and you know, you can watch the same video eight times, Do you know, if you need to. Uh, and, of course, uh, the homeschool staple, the library, an uh-huh. and <laughs> ever-prominent resource, uh, yeah. for sure. So that's that's ninety percent of it is um, making sure they have access to the things that they're interested in, and then that this ten percent equally as as important as the first ninety is encouragement. You know, it's mm-hmm. okay if you don't know how to draw a horse, but when they try it, be interested. Yeah. You know, don't be dismissive. Yeah. Yeah. That's and awesome. And it, it's okay if. It, it's okay if you don't want to be the person who helps them draw the horse, but, you know, slap that sucker on the fridge for a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And you can find some really great ideas on Pinterest about how to display your kids' artwork, too. So just like making rotating frames that they can just rotate their artwork out of on your wall and stuff like oh, that. yeah.
1: Yeah. And and that's actually something, this um, dynamic that I understand well, because I was raised with two parents who would not consider themselves creative, but they still absolutely inspired me because uh, my mom is what I call a a phone doodler. She has to keep her hands busy while she's having a conversation, right? Mm -hmm. It just helps her to to, to focus on what she's doing. And I probably watched her draw about um, eight you know, million of those little 3D box cubes. Yes. <laughs> growing up. Most people know exactly what I'm talking about. Or she would fill a piece of lined paper with squiggly dots and and just little random hash marks. Um, and it was something that I always considered, hey, my mom likes to draw. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> you know, as as
1: I <laughs> as a little kid, she was always putting a pen to paper or a pencil to paper and drawing something. Uh To help her, um, you know, while she, while she worked. And would she consider herself um, an artist? No. Can she do a stick figure? Almost. (laughs) Almost. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) But it was still very inspiring to me as a kid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great story. Cause we don't think of your mom, like you said, probably doesn't consider herself very creative, but yet from the eyes of a child, she was an artist. I mean, you considered her somebody who liked to draw and enjoyed it. And what an inspiration, just her little doodling. That's an awesome story. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. So how do we, um, what if you have a non-creative child? But you really value creativity. And my my son, who just got back from China this summer, we were talking about creativity this morning just in business. And um, one of the things that we were talking about is just how creative um, the American mind just is generally. I mean, I'm, this is a broad, grand sweeping generalization, obviously. But um, I think we can all I'll probably agree that creativity is is really a positive. So how do we encourage creativity in kids who might not be quote-unquote artistic, or you might have a more broad definition of artistic than some of our listeners. So what would you, how would you define creativity, first of all? Let's just back up a little bit, maybe.
1: You know, sweepingly, I would define creativity, uh, I would redefine it uh, scientifically. Creativity is the ability to find abnormal solutions. Oh. Uh, so when you're talking about a parent who, you know, how do I get my kid a well-rounded education and not ignore this aspect of learning? Always come at it from the scientific approach. The approach, uh, you know. ability to develop the artistic side of the brain starts at birth with eye development. It starts when that little baby who can see eight inches in front of their own face and no further starts to grow and be able to recognize contrast. Mm. When they are able to recognize shapes when they're talking about um uh spatial awareness and and getting you know the round peg to fit in the round circle on that you know little kid classic shape toy mm-hmm. you know getting the square block to fit in the square shape those are all artistic side of the mind mm-hmm. processes as well as physical processes. Mm-hmm. Uh scientists uh really, really like to divide the brain into you know the logic side and the art side. Uh so thinking about it in that terms, there's a whole half of your brain that's stimulated by artistic and creative things, even if it's not the side of the brain that your child seems to use most often. Mm-hmm. So ignoring artistic skills. For a kid that's definitely going, like, you know, they're going into a STEM major or a kid who's not interested in art, it's the same problem as an art kid who doesn't want to put in the time to to understand mathematical concepts. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily do it because that kid is absolutely going to use calculus. You do it because it helps bring growth in all
0: development. I yeah. love that. So really, you're really encouraging really a whole mind approach is that if you have somebody who's bent one way, don't ignore the area that they're not bent in. That's that's awesome. So really creativity starts when they're really young. And I think a lot of us think, it, well, we need does. to get a curriculum or a program, but that's not necessarily always the case. I mean, there's a lot of creativity that you don't have to use with a program that you could be involved with. Absolutely. You actually have a couple of unique artistic endeavors that you are personally involved with that are kind of different and unique. For one, you're a great writer. I followed your blog for a long time, and you are a phenomenal writer. Um, And secondly, you do speed painting on stage, and you do it in the context of Christian faith. And so I just wondered if you could just share for a little bit about how art can really feed and nurture our kids' souls and the importance of art in our expression of worship. And I mean, it's kind of like a lot of what you do. And just wondered if you could just talk about that for a few minutes, because I think we forget how art is so tied in with faith.
1: Absolutely. So my involvement in um, art as, as worship, uh, as a part of my how I practice my faith, uh, started with worship. Which most people like musical worship, um, most people would associate that with, you know, the singing time at church. Uh, and I started painting during that time uh, for a church that I attended uh, several years ago uh, when I lived in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, having painters paint live art, sometimes, um, you know, realistic images, sometimes things that are just more abstract, became a part of um, a normal service, uh, while I was attending there and kind of going, dipping back into how does art affect, you know, a kid who's not creative. We had people all the time come up to us, myself and the other painters who got involved and say, wow, that was really impactful. Like it just helped worship mean more. And and they're not necessarily people who wanted to paint themselves, um, It's just kind of part of how uh, visual stimuli can can help give more meaning to things that are not necessarily scientifically, you know, wrapped up tidy (laughs) and definable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, I started the speed painting uh, after meeting another painter who uh, did the speed painting himself at um, at festivals around the country. Um, so, like Christian music festivals, and he would speed paint to music um, images of, of Jesus or the cross, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's pretty darn neat." And I started experimenting with that myself, and it turns out that it's a very very accessible form of art for a lot of people. Hmm. When you are when you're painting very fast in a limited time frame, uh, realism goes out the window a little bit. So you're, you're not painting the next Mona Lisa uh, doing this method. Um, so simplified images, uh, and usually really bright color, uh, color palettes. And that really speaks to culture right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, we are in a, uh, emoticon culture. We're going back to hieroglyphics (laughs) almost entirely in the way a lot of people, especially, uh, Millennials and and Generation Z, how they communicate with each other. And that sort of painting, uh, it it really speaks to people in just a pared down, simplistic manner. And so I I do it now for uh, my other job in a ministry that I work for called Life Light. Uh, I paint at uh, school assemblies, uh, music festivals, uh, and uh, at events at the youth center we have in uh, my hometown in Sioux Falls, South Dakota profoundly, in a way, I would not have anticipated great way to connect with youth culture, people who are searching.
0: And what is the response to it? I'm, I'm really curious. Like how, do, how do the youth respond to it?
1: Really positively, partly because of its unique nature. Uh, it's not something a lot of people do yet. The The novelty effect certainly plays a part into it. But also just the fact that it, it's accessible. I mean, you're taking acrylic paint, which can be found for a dollar at Hobby Lobby and Walmart, and you're just whipping it on a canvas. You know, you don't have to know all these Renaissance Dutch master art rules to, to get started in into something like that. And some of the finicky things about watercolor or trying to um, do charcoal sketches don't apply here. You can just literally take a brush and make a mess on a canvas and you've created something and something that's meaningful to you individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that definitely that definitely speaks to culture right now where most people young and old are really searching for, hey, what's my purpose in life? Mm-hmm. Why am I here?
0: Mm-hmm. And I do, you know, all the A lot of the literature in education and and in business even is talking about how lonely we are as a culture right now, especially the youth, like suicide is really up and just there's this disconnect interpersonally with people, but art really allows people to connect because it doesn't demand words or knowing the right thing to say. And maybe that's part of why it's really connecting with kids that they're able to just go, oh, you, you were able to express something and that is meaningful. Pretty cool. Um, So what are, I mean, you're teaching an online art class. So tell us a little bit about that. Is that weird? Is it fun? I mean, we had some concerns at the beginning of the class that it wouldn't take the kids far enough. How's it been going? Tell us a little bit about the art class and what online teaching is like.
1: So it is all of the above when it comes to weird and good. <laughs> there are some distinct disadvantages for me as a teacher not being able to you know, physically help a student with you know, the way they're holding a brush or the amount of water they're mixing into a paint palette. But I've been really, really uh, pleasantly surprised with how much is transferable. And part of that goes back to kind of the Instagram, YouTube culture. You know, kids are adaptive um, and and already really kind of trained to learn through this medium, which certainly uh, is helpful. And I mean, art being so visual, you know, 98% translates really well through a video screen. And there are some things that are harder than others. Uh, we just started for the month of October working with watercolors. Mm-hmm. And because that has a drying time, uh, that's, that's more difficult to teach th- a screen as opposed to sketching techniques or teaching proportion of the human body and mm-hmm. because you can't just go through it. Uh, you can't progress quickly through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if something's going to go wrong in a watercolor, sometimes you don't know it till it's dry. And then, uh-huh. you know, it's three hours after class has ended. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but we've got uh, a great group of kids and they're attentive and I've been really surprised about how self-motivated most of them are.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Yeah, that's, so that's been a fantastic plus.
0: Awesome. Did you have training as an artist? I know this, you didn't go to school to be an artist, did you? So you kind of went into a science field, really, and here you are as an artist and a mom and teaching art classes. Tell us a little what your path looked like. So that was an interesting path. I actually, um,
1: I just wrote a blog on this uh for my uh for my other job lifelight <laughs> but um art was always a hobby and it kind of had that mindset where like this is something I do for fun or to relax or to de-stress and I I did I was a medical science major of vet tech and I used to doodle on the margins of my quizzes and and tests I was not necessarily a great test taker I usually ended up Finishing too early and having extra time on my hands, and then not being very disciplined about going back through and double chance, you know, double checking your work. That's what they say: double check your work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I remember I was in a, I was just finished a lab quiz, and we had gotten the previous lab back, and you know, I'd missed a couple in the quiz, and I looked down at the bottom, and the teacher had pointed, drawn an arrow pointing to um some. Bacteria. I had doodled on the bottom of the paper and given me credit for it because it was anatomically correct. (laughs)
0: That's awesome.
1: (laughs) So an an early sign that maybe God had other things in mind than what I was pursuing at the time. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And as a professional, you know, it started with uh, the homeschool mom talent pool. You know, moms get together, want their kids to you know, be able to interact and, and work on sort of the extracurriculars that are harder to do at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, so like, Hey, you draw, will you teach art for this, you know, group of kids? And that's where that started.
0: Now you actually have jobs and your career's kind of gone off into the art field. Like you actually make money with this gig, right? Just to encourage the other artists out there.
1: (laughs) I, I do. And yeah. And, and it's, Spread from you know, teaching a bunch of nine-year-olds around my kitchen table to uh, doing large-scale paintings for um, benefit auctions uh, to commission work to uh, where I am now working with LifeLight and doing live paintings. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, the newest kind of piece to the puzzle that is my art world, uh, this online art club.
0: Yeah, very, very cool. So, just just to wrap up, like truth, beauty, and goodness never goes out of style, regardless of what age we're in. I mean, we're you're just such a perfect example of our podcast title, which is soft skills, life skills for a digital age. And really, art is never going to go out of style. People crave art, and they need it, and it feeds their soul. Regardless of how digital we get or how tech we get. And I, and I think just the fact that you're able to teach art online just speaks to that, that there's always going to be a need in our culture for art. And it's always going to lead people to truth and goodness, or it can lead them away from it, certainly. But yeah. Well, it's been great having you on the show again b j if and I will link in the um show notes to the couple places that she's mentioned, so you can go check out the Ministry of Lifelight for sure and read her blog post and anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up?
1: Just some encouragement to parents uh you may not do it right the first time, but you'll get there,
0: oh yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before we uh, before we finish, tell us about your family. Are your kids really artistic, or are they not at all? Are they scientists? Where do they fall? So we're kind of not sure yet. <laughs> My oldest, who is twelve, definitely
1: loves art. He uh, definitely has an, his own style. He loves black and white. He loves sketching. Getting him to paint is like pulling teeth. <laughs> And <laughs> um, then my three year old, uh, kind of conversely, loves anything that's colorful. Aww. So we'll see how that develops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that like an age thing or a gender difference? <laughs> it's hard to tell me. No.
1: Uh, my husband is an engineer, so I think that whole high contrast art with my 12 year old tends to be uh,
0: from his analytical father's side. Uh huh. <laughs> Could be. That's awesome. Well, okay. Thanks VJ, for joining us and um, I'll put links in the show notes for everybody to find you. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah. Check out our self-paced courses at True North Home School Academy. It will allow your students to creatively explore various careers while earning a half a credit. Courses include biotechnology, 3D modeling, digital art and design, game design, veterinary science, forensic science, culinary arts, American Sign Language 1 and 2. We also offer academic advising, collaborating with a homeschool parent or public school parent to help you creatively think about your student's curriculum, experiences, and courses for high school and beyond to set them up for college and career success. Academic advising includes a personalized learning plan, credit evaluation, curriculum suggestions, CLAP and DE suggestions, ideas for cutting college and career preparation costs, and ways in which your students can jumpstart their career while still in high school. Also, check out our Young Professional series of e pamphlets on various career fields like education, health occupations, mental health occupations, law, filmmaking, creative writing, and more. We appreciate your listening, sharing, downloading, and subscribing to this podcast. We'll see you next week on Soft Skills 101 Life Skills for a Digital Age. Music